Welcome. You are now tuned in to Real Estate Investing Women podcast. Laura and myself, Liz, are a mother-daughter team that has a combination of lifetime experience as Laura has over 33 years of experience in the real estate investing business, but also with a modern vision and approach by myself, Liz, a newer investor of five years. Combined, we created a winning formula. We are dedicated to empowering women as they start the real estate investing journey by offering a supportive community of like-minded women, up-to-date training and strategies, and showing you how to build a real estate investing business of your dreams around your lifestyle. We are going to share with you the real deal as it comes to real estate investing. So listen in, and today we will address a specific topic and answer your burning real estate investing questions. Be sure to email in your questions to be featured at questions at realestateinvestingwomen.com. Let's get started. Hello and welcome. My name is Laura Alamieri, and today I want to talk about a topic that has to do with wholesaling. Uh, more specifically about the five um, real estate challenges, the five challenges or biggest challenges that have to do with wholesaling. And I want to talk about this because it's kind of the elephant in the room here, right? A lot of people ask me all the time, does wholesaling still work? And yes, of course it does. It has been working for as long as I've been in real estate, which is over 30 years. The thing is you have to be aware that through the economy, through the changes in the way the people do business as far as real estate, wholesaling changes as well, okay? So what used to work just a few months ago, it might not work today. So as long as you're willing to reinvent yourself, as long as you're willing to adapt the business to what is working in the market and knowing what is working in the market is always going to make you to be ahead of the competition as far as wholesaling is concerned. So let's go down specifically now into the five biggest challenges when it comes to wholesaling today. Okay. Number one. Uh, this is a mistake that I see, and this is actually the most, probably the most crucial step in making the strategy work, okay, which is choosing the right area. Uh, so many people are, um, you know, you take uh, the steps of wholesaling, they tell you, okay, you need to build a buyer list, you need to go find the property, analyze the deals correctly, put them under contract, that all is good. But if you don't choose the right area first, if you don't know that this area is actually responsive for what you're doing as far as wholesaling, it's not going to work. Now, the trend nationwide has been that we're moving more towards the smaller to medium metropolitan areas as far as real estate investing is concerned. There is less competition. There is more supply and demand coming up, and uh, there is more of a cycle, okay? And uh, so because of all of this, even the uh, National Association of Realtors has recognized that real estate investing when it comes to rentals, buy and hold, fix and flips, and wholesaling is going to come down to maybe population, I would say, 200,000 to under a million. So they're smaller, smaller cities and areas. Okay, so you're going to find that you're going to get better results, uh, quicker results with much less marketing money and effort. So that's number one. Number two, okay, now pay attention to the supply and demand in these areas. So even within an area, especially if we start getting close to a million, uh, you have quite a bit of a population. So you need to pinpoint the markets within this area 
where there is good supply and demand. So how are you going to find this out? How are you going to find this information? Is the easiest way is through the MLS, okay? Or you can use tools like PropStream. And what we do, we look for uh, days on the market, okay? We look for days on the market for properties that have sold recently. We look for actual cash sales compared to financing sales because cash sales are probably an indication there's more investors buying there. So those are things you can see to see if there is a healthy supply and demand. The property are not stale, they stay in the market too long, or they sell for way below what the asking price is, or there tends to be a lot of FHA loans but not enough cash sales that tells me there are more first-time home buyers than investors buying in those areas. Now the third thing is very, very important is the quality of the leads, okay? So you choose the right area, you look at the supply and demand, now what? Now you need to find the leads to market to. And this is another mistake I see a lot. There is so much tools and information online there about buying leads, buying lists. Subscribe to this tool that can give you this and that. And one of my things is I always say that the best leads are the ones that you create yourself, okay? Yes, it takes a little more work, but again, you don't have to do all the work yourself. We're going to talk here in a moment. But the thing is, maybe taking the time to look at the courthouse records, going, getting public databases, or, you know, scouting, driving for dollars, or hire people to drive for dollars, or, you know, like, I know a lot of people are pretty clever. They use either, um, you know, Uber driver, Lyft driver, cab drivers to scout for property, UPS drivers, or if you don't want to drive yourself. But the best list are the ones you create yourself. Yes, take a little more work. But those are the ones you're going to come across a lot of the sellers who are not going to tell you something that we hear a lot as investors. Oh, you're the eighth person that called me this week, right? We hate to do it because when I start hearing that, that tells me that a lot of investors are calling, that this list is heavily used by everybody. So it's not a good list. So quality of the leads. Now, the fourth one is um, the marketing process. This goes back to understanding how people react today through the marketing, right? Used to be that you could send out a postcard or a letter and just sit down for the phone to ring. Or last couple of years, a lot of people say, a lot of uh, wholesalers says, oh, we call, call, call. We have callers that call 10,000 leads a month, whatever. Um, and, uh, and now again, you know, you, you find people that say, I don't, you know, I'm tired of getting these calls or they're very rude or they're mean because they get so many calls, right? They get tired of getting so many calls. So you say, okay, well, how do I market to these people? Well, everybody's different, right? Uh, perception is different. Some people are better at getting, um, you know, more responsive to text messages. Some people ignore the text, but they might answer a call, especially if it's a local number. Uh, some people are more responsive to maybe getting a really clever postcard in the mail that picks their attention or a piece of mail. So you have to come in from different angles. So what we do through the, to the same batch that we are going to tackle, we come in from different angles. So we're going to text, we're going to call, we're going to do direct marketing to the same batch. Okay. Now, my thing is how, how long should you market to the same list? Well, personally, we go through five to six points of contact to the same list, meaning we're going to market through five, six different channels, but I'm not going to drag this list on for months. That's my personal thing. You know, I don't do that. Um, 
but developing a marketing process, having a system, and you can use a lot of the tools out there. Uh, we use uh, Podio as a CRM because it integrates with different apps, like we have our texting app, our dialer app, our direct marketing apps. So, and also as we put property on the contract, you can integrate different apps to have contracts actually saved to it. You can uh, fax or email directly from the uh, CRM. So, you know, whatever works for you, you know, if you want to use a spreadsheet, you know, it doesn't matter. Whatever works for you, but you need to come up with a process and be consistent. Okay, keyword, consistency. Now, the last and important thing is in these five steps that, uh, or challenge, I should say, that a lot of people find with wholesaling is uh, understanding what wholesaling is, okay? I think there is a lot of uh, misinformation about wholesaling. And for me, because I started wholesaling before wholesaling was even a term, okay? Back when I started, we used to call it flipping the contract. This was back about 30 years ago. And uh, flipping the contract meaning exactly that. You put a property on the contract, you become an owner per contract, and you sell the contract. You don't sell the property. Because, you know, the discussion is if you sell the property, you should be licensed. If you sell the property, you're doing a representation as an agent and you're not. So there is, I can understand why there is a lot of issues with that, you know. And so my thing is you're not really selling the property. You have control of the property and you're selling the contract. You're assigning the contract. Uh, that's what you're selling. So keep that in mind. Keep in mind that when you are dealing with a seller, when you're dealing with a potential buyer, you know, when you're dealing with a seller, you'd say the seller, if the seller asks you, you know, what you plan on doing with the property, I say, well, I work with other investors. I'm definitely not gonna lie and say I live in the property myself because probably I'm not. <laughs> But I say I work with other investors, you know, and uh, I'm going to probably bring investors into this deal. Because so technically you're wholesaling to another investor, but you're bringing in other investors, right? Don't use the word wholesaling if you can help it, just because it has negative connotations. You know, people have done crazy things with wholesaling as a strategy and gave it a bad name. But that's what you do, so you have to understand what wholesaling is and feel good about the fact that you're just flipping the contract, you're not doing anything illegal, and uh, you wanna be honest, transparent, and establish a relationship with the seller. Establish the relationship with the seller that is gonna give you the edge into doing this, okay? Because at the end of the day, if you have a good relationship with the seller, you don't have to worry, you know, if your contingency period comes up and you don't have a buyer, I go back to the seller and just renegotiate for an extension or renegotiate a lower price if I have a buyer that comes in at a lower price that I thought. Or I go in, you know, having this communication lets you do so much. Or I can change it from a wholesale into a lease option, you know, uh, on deals. But having this communication, taking the time to establish a relationship with the seller, it's going to make all the difference. And what I want to say also is, especially a lot of you that are new to the business, don't worry about it. You know, be yourself, be humble. Even if you've been in the business a long time and, you know, you know all the fancy terms and you drive that nice car and you have all of this, don't uh, flaunt it with the sellers, okay? Those are not the people to flaunt it. You can flaunt it to your private lenders, you can flaunt it to your buyers, but not the seller. The seller are going to relate with you. You're dealing with distressed sellers, so the seller are gonna to relate to you. 
when you uh, can talk to them and sit down at the kitchen table and explain to them what their options are and that you're there to help them and you're not gonna leave them there, you know, hanging. So one of the things is when I communicate with my sellers, you know, I say to them, you know, I'm gonna work with you, no problem. Don't worry about it, you know, we can work this together. And so if you, they see you as a team with them, working for the process, instead of seeing you as an investor, they're trying to speculate on their misfortune, then you're gonna have a deal where I don't have to worry the buyer going around my back or things like that because I have such good relationship with the sellers. So um, I wanna summarize now the five best challenges and how you should be aware of so you can resolve these and not gonna be challenges for you is number one, choose the right area. Number two, worry about supply demand. Number three, quality of the leads. Number four, setting up a good marketing process. And number five is uh, understanding what wholesaling is. It is not a negative strategy. Okay, great, thanks. Hopefully this was very helpful for you. Make sure you check my website for more information and training that I have on wholesaling and all kinds of different strategy. I also wanna offer you a free ebook to download, which actually goes more in depth about my steps and how I find the leads, how I actually uh, find the right areas and so forth. So make sure you click on the link to download the free ebook about the seven steps to wholesaling. Great. Hopefully this was helpful and I'll see you on the next Facebook Live. Goodbye.